Captain's Log, Fall Date 011.302 Having re-established relations with the Andorians, the Federation's attention has turned to Orion. Andoria's supply of repair parts have enabled us to begin refits, expanding our fleet. But without a steady supply of raw materials, the shipyards at Vulcan will never be able to produce new ships. Orion has agreed to allow us to negotiate with their ambassador under strict guidelines, but I am concerned that the Orion Criminal Syndicate may have other ideas. Enter. You wanted to see me, sir. Come in, Commander Niles. How are we doing? Ten minutes until we're in orbit around Orion, sir. Mr. Winfred has reported that his shuttlecraft is ready to launch. Excellent. Permission to speak freely, sir. Granted. I'd feel much more comfortable if we could beam him in. It would make a quick extraction much easier if needed. Duly noted. And, to be perfectly candid, I agree. Unfortunately, the guidelines are very specific. We are not to energize our transporters while we're in the Orion sector. We're lucky they permitted us to send Mr. Liam with a security detail as an advance team. The Orion Criminal Syndicate... ...is still fully operational and very active. Thank you, Commander. I am well aware of this fact. The fact is that we need to get the supplies that they can provide. If we're going to get the shipyards working at full potential, we have to have the Orions on our side. All due respect, the last I checked, the Orions were already on our side. They're still members of the Federation, aren't they? Yes, but almost in name only. Diplomatic relations have been at a bare minimum, and due to the difficulties we've had since the fall, all of our trade agreements with Orion have lapsed. Only a few of our diplomats have had any dealings with the Orions at all. Out of those diplomats, Mr. Winfred has dealt with them the most. Honestly, we're very fortunate to have him along for the ride. I'm sorry, I'm not used to thinking of spending time with Winfred as being fortunate. In this case, you'll have to get used to the idea. Orion is a cultural minefield. We wouldn't be able to trust this kind of a mission to a less experienced diplomat. Of course, sir. I'm sorry, sir. If there's nothing more, I'll inform Mr. Winfred that you're on your way. There is something more, actually. I'm not going with Mr. Winfred. Sir? I've been thinking about our first meeting, Commander Niles, when you told me, in no uncertain terms, that you deserved this command post. Sir, I hope that you aren't holding that against me. Of course I'm not. You've proven yourself many times since, and I can safely say that I have never regretted my decision to request you for my second. Thank you, sir. But it did illustrate one area in which you're sorely lacking in experience. I've looked over your record, and you're very light when it comes to diplomatic contact missions. If you're going to have your own command someday, then you need to learn to conduct yourself with tact and carry a negotiation. Yes, sir. Understood, sir. That's why I've decided to send you as Mr. Winfred's second on this mission. Sir, if I'm being punished for something... A diplomatic mission is not a punishment, Commander. Look, I know he can be abrasive, but believe it or not, Mr. Winfred has his strengths. I'm counting on you to learn from them, and to not pick up any of his bad habits along the way. Sir, yes sir. Report to the shuttle bay, Commander, and make contact when you've reached the surface. Dismissed. Space, the prism of infinity, 
the lost frontier. In the wake of Cataclysm and Sorrow rises the threat of political upheaval and interstellar war. As the Federation struggles to rebuild, one ship continues its mission across the stars. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its ongoing mission? To bring peace to the lost frontier. Coordinates locked. Approach vector calculated. Estimated time of arrival, 45 minutes. Do you play chess, Commander? I've played a few times. I don't suppose you'd be willing to play a game. The computer is far too predictable. If it will help you prepare, I suppose I could. I have to say, Commander, that I hoped we could at the very least be civil to each other. Mr. Winfred, I would be shocked if you could manage to be civil to anybody. I have my troubles with the common rabble, true enough, but... <laughs> The common rabble? Have you ever actually listened to yourself, Mr. Winfred? What do you mean? The way you talk about people. The way you talk to people. There's nothing human in it. It's like you don't want them to like you. I don't see why I should care if they like me. It's your move. Maybe you should care because it would make your own life a lot easier? There is nothing that a yeoman in sickbay will do for me because I'm nice to her that she won't do because I order her. Do you act this way when you're on a diplomatic mission as well? It depends. Depends on what? First, on what they can do for me, and second, what they can do to me. No one lives their life like that, Andrew. You have to be able to reach out to people from time to time. You haven't spent much time playing chess, have you? Yeah, well, I think I mentioned that. The first time I played against Captain Trask, he told me that he sees chess as a metaphor for command. You have to marshal your forces and decide whether you're willing to sacrifice your people to reach your desired end, or if you're going to do your best to save them. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I remember thinking it was funny because I had always seen it as a metaphor for diplomacy. I have my resources and you have yours. Each of us is trying to get as much as we can of the other's resources while giving up as little of our own as we have to. And how do we win? By forcing our opponent into a position where their most valuable resource is ours for the taking no matter what. That's really how you see the world. Commander, I'll make you a deal, if you're interested. <sighs> you're here because Captain Trask feels that you need to learn to play the game the way I see it, and you seem convinced that I need to learn to play it the way you see it. So, I'll teach you to play diplomacy my way if you'll teach me, for want of a better term, how to be human. What's the catch? No catch. I won't guarantee that I'll follow your advice, but I do guarantee I'll listen. Do we have a deal? Deal. Incoming transmission from Orion. I guess it's time for your first lesson then. Rule one of good diplomacy. Make your opponent believe that you know more than he thought you did.
Report, Mr. Nay. We made sensor and visual contact approximately 10 minutes ago. How did they get so close without us noticing? They were cloaked, sir. Cloaked? I wasn't aware that the Orions use cloaking technology. It's not in any of our records, sir. Since decloaking, they have made no aggressive moves, but they have also not responded to any of our hails. Let's keep a close watch on them, Mr. Knight. Notify me the moment there's any change in their stance. Sid, be ready to take evasive maneuvers. Aye, sir. Mr. Knight, take us to yellow alert. Sir? For all we know, this is standard Orion security. We don't need to make any moves that appear hostile. Aye, sir. Keep your eyes open, people. As far as we know, it's business as usual. Let's just hope it stays that way. Frequency opened. Ambassador Promar, it's a pleasure to see you. Lieutenant Winfred, I trust your journey to our world was uneventful. As much as could be hoped. We are en route to the rendezvous point and will arrive in approximately 30 minutes. I look forward to our meeting and I am eager to discuss recent events with your lovely concubine Galatea. Galatea? Ah, Galatea will be pleased. It's so rare she gets to speak to off-worlders. Orion out. You're very eager to see his concubine. I've been corresponding with Galatea for the past few weeks. Remarkable woman, very bright and quite a striking figure. And nicely subservient, I'm sure. Did Promar know you had been corresponding with her? He seemed surprised. As I said, the first rule of diplomacy. Make your opponent believe you know more than they thought you did. Why are you so eager to see her? Ah, that's the second rule of good diplomacy. You actually have to know more than they thought you did. Now, we have more time for our game before we arrive. Shall we? So, we're receiving a transmission from the surface. Commander Niles and Lieutenant Winfred have landed safely. Acknowledge their signal and wish them the best of luck in the negotiate. Sir! Orion weapons energizing! Red alert. Evasive maneuvers. Aye, sir. Direct hit. Shields are holding. Minor damage on deck four. Return fire. The signal is scattering, sir. I can't get a lock. Another hit, sir. Shields at 60%. I said return fire, Lieutenant. Sir, the signal... I don't care if you have to crawl out on the saucer and aim by hand. Return fire. Aye, sir. Rupert, what the hell is going on? I thought this was a diplomatic mission. Hold that thought, Doctor. Lieutenant Knight? Our shields are compromised, sir. Direct hit to engineering. We've lost primary power. Dr. Miller, prepare to receive casualties. Sir, Orion ships breaking off. What? They're... they're pulling away, sir. Sid, pursuit course. I can't, sir. Impulse engines are offline. Hail Lieutenant Liam and get a report on the situation on the surface. I'm trying, sir. Our communications have been knocked out. Same with transporters, sir. Weapons are severely compromised. We're floating dead in space. But they didn't finish this off when they had the chance. Captain, we've got heavy casualties in engineering. You mind telling me who's firing on a diplomatic mission? Chief, we need impulse power. And I want a Latin impressed smoking jacket. It doesn't look good for either of us. All my best men were just blown to hell. And all I've got down here are the dregs. Captain, our orbit can't be maintained without impulse power. I won't even be able to steer us in for a soft landing without it. Mr. Pope, 
I need impulse. If our orbit decays, thousands of people on the surface below are as good as dead. I need you to get to work. Mr. Pope? Chief! Aye, Captain. Aye. I'll do what I can. Commander, Mr. Liam is waiting. Our landing signal hasn't been acknowledged yet. We're on a strict schedule down here, Commander. I will not have these negotiations fall apart because you were waiting for a call. Now come on. Welcome to Orion. Mr. Winfred? Commander? Have you been enjoying the local culture, Mr. Liam? Honestly, it makes me kind of nervous. As soon as we arrived, they insisted on providing us with their own escort. I see. The girls haven't wanted to leave my men alone for a second. I practically had to use a crowbar to get rid of them long enough for us to set up the perimeter. Fascinating. Mr. Winfred, now would be a good time for some gratitude. Uh, my thanks, Lieutenant Liam. I am certain the job you have done will prove satisfactory. Excuse me, I need to be ready to greet the Ambassador. What was that? Mr. Winfred asked me to help him behave a little more like a human being. <laughs> you don't take the easy jobs, do you? Great. He's signaling for me to catch up. Come on. You need to stand at my side, Commander. We're about to be greeted. What is it? Uh, my head. It uh, just suddenly feels... Lieutenant, close ranks. Jeffries! Lautner! You picked a great day to come visit, Rupert. Jerry, how bad? I'm more than just a little bit busy, if you hadn't noticed. Sir, we've got a punctured lung here. I've got it, I've got it. Ensign Parks has a fractured ankle. Well, take care of it! I've got burn victims coming in from engineering and a broken arm waiting to be set. How bad are the casualties? Oh, dandy. It's like a walk in the park. Everybody's in the highest of spirits. Here, son, you might want to bite down on this. Do you really need to be doing this kind of meatball surgery, Jerry? You tell me. Here we are on a perfectly peaceful diplomatic mission, and the next thing any of us know, we're being knocked to pieces. And apparently not doing anything about it. We couldn't get a lock on them. They were using some kind of scrambler that we weren't ready for. Yeah, I'm sure there's a good explanation. But right now, I need to get all these people stabilized in case it happens again and we get a whole new flood of casualties coming through those doors. And if that means they go through a second or two of excruciating pain, then that's what this little doohickey's for. Then you can get them back up and about? Sure, of course. I can also whistle Dixie while chewing crackers and excreting latinum out of my tear ducts. The best thing to do is get them all resting comfortably, provided there aren't any more... Damn it! Switch to emergency power! Move, kids! We've got lives to save and legs to lose! Trask to engineering. Trask to engineering. Aye, sir. Ensign Loomis speaking. Ensign Loomis? Let me speak to Mr. Pope. Chief Pope is indisposed at the moment, sir. 
Where is he? He told us to stay in here, sir, and to uh, not touch anything, and he... he left. Computer, locate Arthur Pope. Chief Engineer Arthur Pope is in Jeffrey's Tube 42, Deck 12. He said he didn't need help. He ordered us to stay in engineering and help get the wounded to sickbay, then uh, sort these stem bolts. Carry on, Ensign Loomis. I'll have new orders after I have a chat with Chief Pope. I'm not able to raise the Enterprise. We've been set up. Let's not jump to conclusions. We were attacked as soon as we hit the ground, and the Enterprise can't be hailed. Explain to me how this is a setup is a conclusion. First, we don't know what's wrong with the Enterprise. There might be a perfectly reasonable explanation. Second, if it were a setup, why go to the trouble of all of the guidelines we had to follow? Why not just throw their doors open wide? And third, if it were a setup, why not just finish the job? Instead, they put us into these temporary quarters. As much as I'd hate to admit it, Lieutenant Winfred has a point. It just doesn't make any sense. Two of your men are dead, Liam. You think I don't know that? Ensign Jeffries isn't in an Orion infirmary. He's lucky to be alive. Right now, your entire security detail consists of Ensign Lautner and me, and I'm not happy about it. For what it's worth, Mr. Liam, I am. I couldn't ask for a better security detail to see me through the rest of this mission. Thank you, Mr. Winfred. Now, if you excuse me, I'm going to go see if Mr. Lautner's all right on guard duty. <laughs> I'm impressed, Mr. Winfred. That's the most human I've ever heard you sound. I just treated a grunt like he was an ambassador. I'm not entirely comfortable with how that went. And there it goes. I'm sorry, Commander. I know that you find that hard to believe, but I truly am. I believe that in this world there are people who are smarter, people who are stronger, and people who are, yes, just plain better than others. And I don't see how it benefits me to pretend any differently. But... But what? But everything I've seen suggests that you are one of those people. You are smarter, you are stronger, and you are just plain better than most of the people around you. And you seem to feel like there's some value in treating your lessers as though they're worth just as much as you are. And if you feel that approach works, then I see no harm in giving it a try myself. Mr. Winfred, I... I have no idea if there's really hope for you or not. A representative from the Ambassador is here to see you, Lieutenant. Let them in. Mr. Winfred will see you, ma'am. Mr. Winfred, my lord has sent me to collect you, and hopes that your encounter has not dimmed your desire to negotiate. He has been looking forward to the chance to talk business. We were worried ourselves that the disruption would have caused Ambassador Promar to reconsider. Thank you. I'm sorry I didn't catch your name. You honor me. My name is Batara, your humble servant. Whatever your needs may be. Commander Niles, are you feeling well enough to travel? My head still hurts a bit, but I believe I can accompany you. The lady can remain here, if she does not feel well. No, it's important that she come along. It's an educational experience for her. Batara, inform Lieutenant Liem and Ensign Lautner that we will be moving to the conference room. Your servant, sir. 
You don't have to worry about my headaches, Mr. Winfred. They come and go. Your headache's not my problem, Commander. Listen, from this point on, it is of vital importance that you remain close to me at all times. I'm perfectly capable of defending myself. I'm certain that you are. Nevertheless, you are never to leave my side, not for one instant. Do I make myself clear? Ask nicely. I beg your pardon? If it's important, then it's important enough for you to ask nicely. Please, Commander, will you please, for your own good, remain close to me for the rest of the mission? When you put it that way, Mr. Winfred, how can I refuse? When I said I'd try it your way, that wasn't an invitation to keep pushing me. Captain, oh, there you are. I was hoping I would find you here. Now is not a good time, Zog. In case you haven't realized, we're kind of in a crisis here. When are you ever not in a crisis? So someone's always running here, or dashing there, or putting out a fire, or, or starting one up. Sometimes I think I'm being paid to watch a floating asylum. Zog, I told you, now is really not a good time. It's never a good time to discuss fees, but, but it has to be done. Fees? What fees? My usual equipment and supplies fees, of course. Zog, I have a half-crazed engineer running loose on my ship who's not answering his comm, and I've got to find him and calm him down. You wouldn't be referring to Chief Pope, would you? Have you seen him? What's the information worth to you? Your continued good health. Tell me. I'm simply minding my own business, heading to my quarters intent on enjoying a fine, recently acquired bottle of Saurian brandy when Mr. Pope comes running down the hall and grabs it from me. Sorry, and Brandy? He said something about needing to balance the pH in the bio-neurals, or something like that. I, I don't remember where... Do you want to keep your lobe, Sock? Uh, deck six. Definitely deck six. Oh, that can't be good. Captain, we've got power back in sickbay. Thank Chief Pope for us. Acknowledged. Ah, sickbay's back online. Ah, that's not so bad. So, how do these doors work when the power's off? I'll just send you a bill, then. Ah, Batara. I see you have brought Mr. Winfred and his companion. How wonderful to see you in person, Mr. Winfred. It's my pleasure, Ambassador Promar. Although I had hoped to be escorted by the lovely Galatea. I never allow my favourite concubine to be far from my side. But Batara? Batara is rising swiftly in my favour. You should consider it an honour to be escorted by one so lovely. I am happy that my master is pleased with me. Don't worry, Galatea. Your position is safe for the moment. As my lord desires. Galatea, it's a pleasure to meet you as well. And the niceties are dispensed with. Shall we get down to business? Ambassador Promar, there will be time enough to sign a treaty, but first I would love an opportunity to converse with Galatea in person. My lord, if you wish it, Galatea and I will retire and leave you to conduct your business in private. Thank you, Batara. Galatea, leave, but stay near. My lord... I don't think... Galatea, do not presume. Yes, my lord. 
Are you all right, Commander? You look pale. I'm... I'm fine. For just a second, there was a burst of pain behind my eyes. Now that my concubines have left us in peace, perhaps we can finally discuss business, Mr. Winfred. Unless your own concubine wishes to excuse herself as well. She is no concubine, Ambassador. The Federation has sent her here to learn diplomacy. She is my assistant on this mission. Assistant? Ah, I remember now. They said that your Federation had a... Quaint ideas regarding gender equality. Quaint? Well then, if she is an equal to you, you are both entitled to a drink. Orion wine. Very tasty, and only one of the many pleasures our planet has to offer. Thank you, Ambassador. Thank you. And now, Mr. Winfred, are you ready to talk about what your Federation has to offer? With all due respect, Ambassador Promar, I had been made to understand that pleasure before business was the custom on Orion. And it is, for those who have earned their pleasure. I granted you the pleasure of my wine, yet you have not demonstrated why you think you deserve the pleasure of speaking with my Galatea. Even so, I feel we would be better able to talk about this treaty if I could first speak with her. Really, Mr. Winfred, this insistence on speaking with Galatea is most insulting to me. I'm impressed with Galatea, Ambassador. I, I mean no disrespect, but I believe... How much is it worth to you? Pardon? Galatea is my prized concubine. On the slave market, she would fetch enough money for me to buy my own planet. So if you want to speak with her in private, then you'll have to answer. How much is it worth to you? All I want is to speak. To speak to my concubine and not to me. I am the ambassador here. I am the one who will negotiate our treaty, should there even be one. Me! If you cannot be bothered to discuss business with me first, then I cannot be bothered to discuss business at all. Good day, sir. Well, that went over like a centaurian sloth bat. No worries, Commander. It's all part of the game. He'll be back in two minutes, ready to let me talk to Galatea. What's so important about this concubine that you would jeopardize the whole mission just to speak to her? You don't know much about the Orion culture, Commander. Trust me, I have my reasons. What's that sound? That sounds like... laser fire. Treachery! Human treachery! Commander, get Promar to safety! Don't touch me, human! They're getting... away. What happened? Two hooded figures just leapt out of nowhere. They attacked my master. Listen to them, sounding innocent, as if they didn't know. Didn't know what? The assassins. They were carrying Federation phaser rifles. Mr. Pope, if you will only pause a second to reflect on the situation... I'll pause and reflect as soon as we get the impulse back online, and it stays on. Captain? Talak? Is the captain down there? Tell him I'm working as fast as I can. How long has he been like this? He entered the Jeffreys tube ten minutes ago. In the ensuing ten minutes, this level has lost and regained power fifteen times. Sixteen? I thought Vulcans were supposed to be good with math. Talak, if I could be permitted a moment alone with Chief Pope. 
Is this one of those moments when a human's problems are better resolved with emotion than with logic? Yes. Yes, it is. I see. Humans have a great deal of those moments. I will be outside if I am required. I hear you told your crew to stay in engineering and not to touch anything. Bolt sorters. That's all we have, Captain. Bolt sorters. Mr. Pope. Looking back on it, I, I realize I may have been just a little bit harsh in my haste to get the impulse power back online. No, Captain. You had a point. Sure, it's a lot of work. But if I can't even get the impulse drives back online, what kind of engineer am I? How hard can it be to get this stupid bucket of bolts to work? Mr. Pope? Yes. Very dark in the Jeffrey's tube, Captain. Maybe, and I'm just spitballing here. Maybe you shouldn't have hit it so hard. Who would have thought that the Ambassador's suite also doubled as an Ambassador's prison cell? I will say this for Orion Hospitality. They treat their prisoners very well. This is nonsense. Those assassins were not Federation. We all know that, Mr. Liam. I'm not so sure. You really think we could be responsible? Maybe not us, but as Captain Trask is so fond of pointing out, there's more than one Federation. The Confederation could have been behind it, and then there's Equity Corps. They have ample reason to want this treaty to fail. Then who was it? I don't know. Well, that's the point, Mr. Liam. Right now we're in custody, Enterprise is out of contact, and the whole mission is falling apart, and I don't know who's behind it. Whoever it was, they knew how to operate Starfleet issue phasers. The computer. Do we still have access to it? It's worth a try. Computer? What do you desire? Oh, I need this voice on the Enterprise computer. Computer, can you show me security videos from around the complex? Nothing would please me more. Show me any video you have from the area outside of the conference room following the meeting between Ambassador Promar and Mr. Winfred. There aren't any faces visible. But one of the attackers is clearly female. Batara and Galatea left the conference room. Do you think they might be the assassins? No. This one here is male. The phaser rifles look old. Almost anybody would be able to get their hands on those if they knew where to look. We started off with the Confederation, Equity Corps, and two Orion slave girls as the possible culprits. And so far, we've managed to eliminate the slave girls and add everybody else in the known universe. At this rate, we'll have the whole thing figured out right after the heat death of the universe. Computer, freeze playback. What do you see, Lieutenant? I see who did it. Guard! Guard! What do you want? Tell Ambassador Promar that we need to speak to him now. Ambassador Promar? Promar's in the infirmary, being treated for the wounds from your Federation's cowardly attack. Not our Federation. And we can prove it. Take us to the Ambassador. So you can finish the job? We have no weapons, and you have five guards on us. What can we possibly do? Please. We should have the right to prove our innocence. All right. One of you. I'm the ranking officer. I'll go. 
No. All due respect, Commander. I'm the one who knows what we're looking at. I should be the one to go. Then come with me. You three, stay here. And keep quiet. That's easier for some of us than others. Andrew, be nice. What? Ensign Lautner's just been sitting there staring the whole time. Say something, Lautner. Let us know you're still alive. So, you finally decided to come out of the Jeffries tube. Aye, Captain. It was impossible to see what I was working on up there, and it was uh, <laughs> cold. Not having any power can cause that. I just can't handle it, Captain. When the impulse drives were taken offline, it's like it broke the whole ship. Every time I fix one junction, I disable another. You need to step back, Chief. Take a breath, get some room. You can't be expected to fix the entire ship yourself. No, I can be. That's why I'm the chief engineer. That's what's expected of me. What's expected of you is that you'll know what the ship needs. But we give you an entire crew to handle it for you. <sighs> Just my luck, they all turned out to be bolt sorters. Okay, I, I have to ask. What is a bolt sorter? <laughs> Every now and then, wherever you work, they'll send you somebody who's not only unskilled, but dangerously incompetent. Letting them work on something serious would put everyone at risk. But, this being Starfleet, you can't just fire them. So you make busy work. You tell them to polish the handles on all the tools, to write down every time one indicator light flashes, or to sort out different lengths of bolts. They stay busy, and you manage to keep them out of the way. And your entire crew in engineering are bolt sorters. They're good boys and girls, I guess. They really are. But most of these kids have only ever seen diagrams before. They don't have any clue what to do when they get their hands on a real ship. And how are they going to learn? What? If they don't know what to do when they get their hands on a real ship, and you don't want them to touch anything, then how will they ever learn what they're supposed to? <sighs> well, this is a blindingly obvious solution. You're a good chief, Mr. Pope. And you said yourself, your crew are all good boys and girls. So, tell them where to go, tell them what to do, and they'll be more than happy to help. Pope to engineering. We weren't touching anything, sir. <sighs> Inns and Loomis. Sir? I uh, said, oi, Inns and Loomis. I could use your help here on deck six at the Fort Jeffries tube hatch. Right away, sir. And, Loomis, divide the rest of the crew into teams. From what I can tell, we've got six different problems at once, and we need somebody on all of them. As soon as you have your teams, call and I'll give you details. Anything else, sir? Yeah. Bring a flashlight. Mr. Pope, may I ask you one thing? <sighs> of course, sir. You didn't actually try to balance the pH of a bioneural gel pack with Sarian brandy, did you? <laughs> to tell the truth, sir... I just really, really needed a drink at that moment. Bring him in. Lieutenant Kincaid, is it? Lieutenant Liam, actually, sir. Officers of the Bajoran Faith are addressed by... Federation protocol is more complex than I care to learn. 
Well, Lieutenant Liam, I understand you think you can prove the innocence of your Federation in this attempt on my life? Ambassador, this is a very bad idea. I... I... The Federation men have dealt well with us so far, my lord. I think we owe him a hearing. Uh, Lieutenant Liam, you have five minutes. Thank you, sir. Computer, run program one. This was the attempt on Mr. Winford's life earlier today, sir. See the Orion assassins? If you mean to suggest that I had something to do with this... Not at all. I just want you to look closely at the assassins. Now, computer, run program two. This is the attempt on your life, Ambassador. Those assassins are completely shrouded but they're using Federation phaser rifles. Federation assassins. If you'll indulge me. Guard, you brought the phaser rifle? Yes. You can't let him have the rifle. If you will, please, hold the gun as if you're about to fire it. I... I... Is something wrong? I've never been trained with this weapon. That's alright. I don't need you to actually fire it. I just need you to hold it as if you're going to. There. Now, why did you brace it like that? I needed to limit the recoil when it fired. You're testing my patience, Lieutenant Liam. I understand, Ambassador. I have to beg your indulgence for just a few more minutes. Guard, to your knowledge, have any of the Federation representatives, including me, had access to Lieutenant Jeffries since he was admitted to the infirmary this morning? No, you haven't. Please, see if he's well enough to come in here for a moment. Is this necessary, Lieutenant? Just one more thing, and I can prove conclusively that the assassins in that still picture, the ones that attacked the Ambassador, are not Federation. And I can prove who at least one of them is. Ensign, good to see you again. Sorry to have woken you. He can barely stand. Guard, if you'll hand Ensign Jeffries the phaser rifle. This is too much. To put their mind at ease, Ensign, when you get it, point it at me, and keep it pointed only at me. Go ahead, guard. Ensign, hold it like you're going to fire at me. Guard, what would you say is wrong with the way Ensign Jeffries is holding the rifle? The recoil will take it right out of his hands. That's a perfectly reasonable response for somebody who carries a ballistic weapon. What does that prove? Ambassador, the phaser rifle doesn't work on a ballistic principle. It doesn't recoil at normal settings. At its highest setting, you'll feel a slight pull at most. In Federation training, we learn to hold it out and away from our bodies when we fire. But your guards... I don't know why when your ships use energy weapons, but you equip them with ballistic weapons. I know. I saw them used earlier today by the assassins, and I've seen your guards wearing them at their sides. Ballistic weapons recoil. The assassins in the video. They've braced the weapons. Computer, put the last frame from Program 2 next to the last frame from Program 1. Guard, do you notice anything? The assassins... Both sets of assassins are holding their guns in the same positions. 
The assassins who attacked you, Ambassador, were used to handling ballistic weapons, not phasers. This proves nothing. My concubine is right, Lieutenant. At most, it just casts doubt upon the situation. You'll have to do better than that for proof. True enough. Tell me, can you tell if someone has fired a ballistic weapon recently? Ballistic weapons leave traces on the hands of people firing them. A phaser rifle leaves a trace as well. A very mild dose of radiation. Not nearly enough to be harmful, let alone fatal, but enough to detect. Ambassador, I would recommend we test the people who were in the compound today, starting with the people we know were near the conference room. Back away. I don't want to have to hurt anyone. Batara? Why would you do this? The Federation Treaty means the end of the Orion Crime Syndicate. Don't you see? Orion stands on the verge of a glorious new dawn. We can be a real force in the universe, but the Federation is ready to come riding in and throw the whole thing away. With the Federation back, we will never be able to realize our potential. Batara, you don't have to do this. The Federation can be valuable to us. Believe me, Batara. We only want to help Orion. God! The rifle didn't fire. Of course it didn't. We may choose to use ballistic weapons, but we know our way around a phaser. And we know better than to allow a live power weapon in the presence of the Ambassador. We removed the power pack before we brought it into the room. Give me good news, gentlemen. Impulse power has been restored, Captain. We have Helm once more. And our orbit? Steady as she goes. Excellent, Mr. Kirk. And communications? Still not operational. Same with transporters, sir. Bridge to engineering. Mr. Pope, what's the status of our communication and transport repairs? <sighs> Clipping along, Captain. We'll have them up and running for you soon. That is, if I can just get my crew to stop singing. <laughs> Acknowledged. Bridge out. Singing? Sir, if I may ask... No, Mr. Kirk. <laughs> no, I'd really rather that you did Ballistic weapons and phaser rifles. That's a good catch, Lieutenant. Thank you, Commander. Too bad it couldn't convince the Orions to re-enter negotiations. Mr. Winfred... No, Commander. He's right. I think if we had to stand trial and depend on my evidence, we would have wound up in prison for a very, very long time. Luckily, the evidence was just enough to make Patara nervous enough to admit she was involved in the attack. Even so... It's something that neither one of us would have thought of without you. And I suppose the fact that we're still alive to try to negotiate a deal later is to your credit. Thank you, Mr. Winfred. But now I believe we don't have any more need of your services. All due respect, Mr. Winfred. With all that's happened, I'd like to stand guard until you and Commander Niles are safely off the planet. Very well. I'll wait outside if you don't mind. Yes, Mr. Winfred. 
you couldn't just be a little bit impressed with his work? Truth be told, Commander, I am impressed. I would never have expected a grunt to come up with an analysis that specific. But Lieutenant Liam was only acting within the duties of his station. If I act impressed every time he does his job, it devalues the times that he goes above and beyond his duties. Enter. I see that you're preparing to leave, Mr. Winford. I had hoped we could discuss current events, other than the obvious. Galatea, it is my pleasure to finally get a chance to talk to you. This is Commander Niles. She's assisting me on this mission. Commander, this is a superior rank to lieutenant, is it not? Technically, yes. A superior acting as assistant to a subordinate. That is a novel idea. How is Batara, if you don't mind my asking? She is as well as can be expected. Of course, we had no idea that she had infiltrated our government for the Orion Crime Syndicate. Really? Because some would say that the Orion Crime Syndicate is the Orion government. Only people who pay no attention to the reality of the situation. How does your head feel, Commander? Um, not bad, I guess. But a little bit of pain. Let's speak candidly, Galatea. We in the Federation know that the Orion Crime Syndicate holds a lot of influence in Orion affairs. Can you tell me something that will make me believe that they aren't actually in control of the government? Would the words Orion Free Traders mean anything to you, Mr. Winfred? They operated in this area briefly. They traded with Vulcan, if I remember correctly. You do. But I understood they had been absorbed into the Syndicate. You understood wrong. Legitimate trade is Orion's future, Mr. Winfred. We are tired of being thought of as a culture of pirates and thieves. And not to mention the dancing girls. But how do you intend to control the Syndicate? The Orion Free Traders have a common ideal with the Crime Syndicate. We both believe in enlightened self-interest. We can cooperate with others when we see the profit margin for ourselves. We'll simply explain that without this treaty, we do stand a chance of conquering other worlds in the Orion system. But with the treaty, we all have opportunities to expand even further. That is, if you have anything we're interested in. Commander, I'm starting to be concerned. Do you need something for your headache? No. No, it's uh, clearing up, actually. Wonderful. Here is what we have to offer, Galatea. We have Vulcan. You're offering us a planet? We're offering access. We have shipyards, but they're no good without raw materials. You have ships, but you can't keep repairing them without shipyards and technical know-how. And as for your expansion of trade onto other worlds, the word of the Federation will open many doors for you that you might find closed otherwise. Hmm. And this access to the shipyards? It would be... I won't lie to you. They're not going to share their shipbuilding secrets with you. But I can promise you exclusivity. The shipyards will need to be upgraded, and the Orion system could very easily find itself the exclusive suppliers of the materials Vulcan needs for its upgrade. This is an offer I can take to my master. Then I eagerly await his response. It has been a rare pleasure speaking with you, Mr. Winfred. I only wish we had more time together. Alone. Another time, perhaps. When the treaty is already signed. <laughs> and Commander Niles? Thank you. I hope this was as educational for you as it was for me. Thank you. I'm sorry, I have no idea what to call the Ambassador's concubine. You can call her Galatea. We concubines don't stand on ceremony all that much. Then it was my pleasure, Galatea.
Did... Did we just negotiate a trade agreement? It's good to hear your voice again, sir. Likewise, Commander. We've had a bit of a run-in with some Orion ships while you were away. Chief Pope and his crew have had their hands full. We've transmitted the ship identification codes to the surface. It's most likely a waste of time, sir. Unless I miss my guess, those ships were Orion Crime Syndicate. The military won't have any record of them. Then the Syndicate isn't in charge of the government? They have a lot of influence, sir. But they're not in control. They tried to disrupt the negotiations, but Mr. Winfred succeeded in making some very powerful friends. The Orion Free Traders are still in operation, Captain, and we have their assurances that they will keep the Syndicate in control. And we also have a signed trade agreement, sir. Excellent. It sounds like your negotiations were a success then. And it sounds like you've learned something from the experience, Commander. I think I may have picked up a pointer or two. I'll expect a full report from both of you when you're back on board. We have an ETA of 15 minutes, Captain. Then I'll expect you shortly after. Trask out. We have 15 minutes, Commander Niles. Shall we see if we can finish our game? I still don't understand why the Ambassador was so quick to sign the agreement without negotiation. All the negotiation had already taken place. You were there. You negotiated with his concubine. I thought you didn't approve of mixing with the rabble. If you're going to practice diplomacy, then you have to be aware of who the rabble is. One culture's vagabond is another culture's emperor. You're saying that the Orion slave girls... Are running the whole damn show, yes. The ambassador, the constabulary, even the emperor, they're not the ones in power. It's an elaborate fiction. That's the reason our movements were so closely controlled. Then why didn't you come out and demand to speak to the real ambassador in the first place? Why play along? That would be the last rule of good diplomacy, Commander. Respect the narrative. Every culture has a face that it presents to its own people, and a mask that it presents to the rest of the universe. We praise the mask, but acknowledge that there is a face. You're a co-conspirator, then. You let them know that you're in on their game, but you also let them know that you're there to help them play it. Now you're thinking like a diplomat. Klingons care only about honor. Vulcans never let emotion interfere with logic, and Ferengi only care about profit. And Denebians are gullible. No, that one's true. Any culture that would get conned into buying a fake Vulcan fuel synthesizer twice by the same man deserves its reputation for gullibility. So thanks to your diplomacy, now we have more trading partners, raw materials for the shipyards at Vulcan, and... And? I've heard you when you're dealing with people you think are beneath your notice, Mr. Winfred. The Orions have something else you wanted. The Orion female has certain attributes that make her well worth having as an ally. As I could see, their attributes were well on display. Orion women produce a pheromone, Commander. On the males of most species, it has the effect of making them very susceptible to suggestion. Naturally, you're above the influence. I never said I was. You, however, definitely are. In human females, the Orion pheromone causes a pronounced negative reaction. My headaches? Indeed. When your headaches came on, I knew that my mind was, shall we say, being diverted from the matter at hand. I was able to refocus on avoiding their suggestions and concentrate on getting what we needed. That's why you needed me by your side. <laughs> With that in mind, consider that Orion slave girls have long been prized possessions among the wealthy of the galaxy. And in particular, 
The slave trade is very brisk within Equity Corps. Every one of those slave girls already controls her master, whether he realizes it or not. With just the right nudge at the right time, Equity Corps comes crashing down around their ears without a single shot fired. And that's why I find cultivating a strong relationship with the Orions to be particularly beneficial. Checkmate. More like mate in six moves, but you're getting the idea. No, really. Checkmate. Look. What? You distracted me! That's not fair! <laughs> I demand a rematch! It's not fair! You have been listening to Star Trek Lost Frontier. Episode 18, Cosa Nostra, written by C. Glenn Williams. Lost Frontier is based on Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry. Featured in the cast were Paul Lavelle as Captain Trask, Laura Post as Commander Niles, David Alt as Lieutenant Winfred, Ellie Hirschman as Zog, Ben Harmer as Liam Kincaid, Lucian Dodge as Ensign Sid Kirk, Janine Yamanaka as Ensign Talak, Bill Hallweg as Chief Engineer Pope, Peter Malay as Dr. Jerry Miller, Derek M. Cook as Lieutenant Knight, Chris Williams as Promar, Danielle McRae M. Sierra Garcia as Batara, Elaine Barrett as Galatea, Alan Menifee as Nurse Cato, Fiona Khan as Nurse Hansen, C. Glenn Williams as Ensign Loomis, Rich Matheson as the Orion Guard, Danielle McRae as the Orion Computer, and Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as the Computer. Lost Frontier was developed by Eric Busby. This episode was produced and edited by Chris Williams. The executive producers in charge of production for Darker Projects are Mark Brzee and MJ Cogburn. This has been a Darker Projects audio presentation. No attempt has been made to infringe or supersede any other existing copyright in relation to Star Trek, which remains the property of CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com.